the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. In addition to taking care of one another inside the church, what if we developed a lifestyle taking care of the most needy outside the walls of the church? How would that change the community and our city? Bob Moffat, president and founder of Harvest Foundation in Phoenix, along with Pastor Julian Gibb, talk with pastors and leaders about how sacrificial love by those in the church to those in need outside the church has helped people see and embrace Jesus Christ. It's that demonstration of Jesus' greatest commandment that we'll hear more about today on The Kingdom and Its Stories. Welcome everybody who's listening and or watching uh, to this version of The Kingdom and Its Stories. And today I have the privilege of having with me a guest whose name is Caleb Marsh, and uh, we'll be interviewing him in a second. But before we do, I just want to remind you that the purpose of this broadcast is to not honor the people that we're interviewing, but to have them tell their stories so that their story can inspire us to examine more clearly how we might better be Jesus' hands and feet in the lives that we live right now. Not some big program and um, not having to prepare for it, but just being available to the Spirit of God to work through us to be Jesus' hands and feet. Caleb, welcome. It's Glad to have you with us. Grateful to be here. Now, normally we interview folks who have some ex- uh, years of experience and <laughs> in ministry, and you are how old? Uh, 24. You're 24 years old. Praise the Lord. <laughs> Indeed. So glad to have you. Caleb, give us an elevator speech. Who's Caleb Marsh? Yeah, uh, I've got a couple companies here in Phoenix. Um, I, hey, wait a minute. Wait a minute. You have a couple companies? Yeah. Um, so you mean business companies? Yes, business companies. And how old did you say you were? Twenty-four or so. Okay, <laughs> maybe you have more experience than I thought. Go ahead. Probably not. Um, but uh, I run a uh, uh, marketing agency and a software development firm. Um, I don't like the term entrepreneur, but I think it sums up what I do pretty well. Uh, okay, but I. I guess in the context of this show, who I actually am and what drives all of that is I describe myself as a Great Commission fanatic. Okay. I like that. And that's that, that sums up the purpose behind it all. Okay. Well, Caleb, how did that happen? You're 24 years old. What's what, what you know, you've been obviously captured by the Lord Jesus. And, uh, yeah. I, and the how word, did that happen? What's your story? work of the Holy Spirit and a lot of hard work from my parents. Um, okay. I grew up in the church, and um, like it's, it, it was neat to see the change in my own life. Uh, you know, you grow up in the church, and it doesn't really hit until it does, right? 
Okay. All, all the sermons in the world can't replace the Holy Spirit. Amen. Um, so when I was about 16, you know, I, I didn't really have a exciting life from a worldly perspective. Um, followed all the rules, did all the stuff, didn't really hit home until I was about 16. Um, and that uh, conviction of sin and death hit like a ton of bricks. Uh, realized, oh, wow, Christ's death actually means something. And then that sort of shifted the the focus of my life. Right. Okay. So now at 24, I would expect that most young people your age are in school. So are you finished <laughs> with school or are you in school? Yeah, I'm finished with school. Um, I was blessed to be homeschooled. My parents put me in college a little bit early, so I graduated ahead of my peers. Okay. All right. So you're running a couple of businesses. Tell me, uh, what do you do in, in terms of being Jesus' hands and feet? Yeah, it's uh, a good question. I was talking to an employee last night um, who's a believer and reminding her that, and maybe this isn't correct to say these days, but in my view, the business is really, um, it's, it's a ministry that happens to do some work on the side. Uh, the purpose is a lot more than just making money. Um, we can make a lot more money if we ran our business differently. We're not necessarily super profitable by our industry standard, standards or by the world standards, but... But you are profitable? We are profitable. Like we're not, we're okay. not shutting down. Um, okay. But we, we place more value on things other than profit, like the ability to work with people and witness to people and uh, impact people's lives. So... The business itself, I view as a ministry. Like that's that's what the Lord's given me in terms of an area to reach out. I'm not a pastor. I have no plans to be a pastor, but that doesn't mean I can't lead people towards Christ in my life. So are, let me let me try to get this straight. Okay, <laughs> your 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 business is not to make a profit. It that's is. I mean, it, I mean that is a goal. I mean, you need to do that in order to keep going, all right? Yeah. But it sounds like you were telling me, and let me get, just correct me if I'm wrong, or tell me if I'm right, that your main purpose in the business is to be a witness? The main purpose right? is to fulfill the Great Commission. There's a, there's a uh, secular-friendly concept that I did not make up um, that's purpose in excess of profit that I think hits at it um like we as a business yes we're profitable and we work very hard to be profitable and make money and provide for everyone but we have a purpose that's greater than that um sometimes our clients you know will find that that purpose is philanthropy or some sort of general doing good for myself for my partners it's very clear that purpose in excess of profit is fulfilling the great commission discipling the nations Okay, that's that's a pretty big purpose. <laughs> well, that's Christ uh, gave us one command before he left, which was go there okay, and make but, disciples of all the nations. Okay, so what is your piece of that? Uh, I hate to be generic. Service, leadership, which are one and the same. Um, okay, well, well, in order to help us understand what that <laughs> means, tell us some stories that illustrate how you work out that grand purpose. Yeah, uh, I think that that witness 
so to speak, can be broken down into two parts. There's the witness to and encouraging other believers, and then there's the witness to unbelievers. Um, you know, because we're not, it wasn't a command to go convert all the nations or go just tell all the nations about Christ. It's discipling. It's, it's a lot of work. So it doesn't stop at conversion. Um, it starts there, right? So the goal is to bring people to Christ, and then as you're growing closer to Christ and more becoming aligned with Christ, help others do the same. Um, so, okay. Well, okay. Uh, help me, Caleb, to understand. Um, you know, how do you see the connection between working with individual people, moving to that grand, huge, <laughs> universal purpose of discipling the nations? The nations What's are made up of people. <laughs> okay. All right. <laughs> One at a time. Okay. All right. Um, so. Yeah. So even simple things like like we don't work on Sundays. Um, okay. And, you know, whatever your views on the Sabbath, that's a uh, sets you apart. Like how much press has Chick-fil-A gotten? How many people have like maybe looked into the scriptures because of that press just for their simple stance of, nope, Sunday's the Lord's Day. We don't work on it. Okay. Um, so simple and, things and like that. Have people com- have, have people commented to you about that in terms of the, your businesses? Oh yeah, all the time. Uh, especially for Red Legend, which is our marketing company. Um, we started out as just video and photography, and doing a lot of events. And there are a lot of events on Sundays, and we just said no, not taking the contract, um, which was a very painful move to do for a while. Um, doesn't matter; it's the right thing. But uh, you know when you're a small company working out of the living room, every dollar counts. Uh, right. And to say no to, you know, a couple grand to work an event on a Sunday, it, it's it's impactful. Um, and it has really forced us to trust the Lord for our provision. Uh, okay, Caleb, you know, um, I'm hearing two businesses and I'm hearing, you know, witnessing to individual people. Give 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 us uh, an idea of the scope. What do the businesses do, and what's the scope of them? You know, in terms of the numbers of employees you have, um, the, the the people that you serve. Just just help us understand that scope, so that we can get an idea of how this all fits together. Yeah. Uh, so Red Legend is our marketing agency. Um, we've got I think seven full time and a few part time there. Okay. Um, mostly employees, a couple contractors. Um, and that's a, I'd say 60, 70% believers and the other, the others are, we're working on them. Okay. Um, okay. Which I'm not sure if I'm allowed to say, but so be it. Um, okay. And then Overstep is our software development company that we, we build custom apps for people. Um, so it's super fun. That, that's my, what I went to school for originally. Okay, um, but I just don't like writing code on a computer all day, so I found people who do. And <laughs> now they they do that, um, and we. And how got many employees do you have there? Two employees, three, three people there. Okay, um, all right. So both okay. pretty small businesses. We all work out of the same space. Uh, my business partners in the two businesses are brothers. Uh, I've known them long time. Okay, all right. Okay. Uh, so yeah, we mostly help small businesses, larger small businesses or small mid-market businesses, um, either build software that solves a problem or do some sort of marketing solution. Okay. All right. 
so so you've got these two businesses that we now have a an idea of, of their scope and size and you have an objective not only of making money but above that you have um you know the objective of the businesses being the means to the end of fulfilling the great commission which is disciple nations and you told us that what that means is that nations are made of people and that's where you start <laughs> to disciple the nation is you you work with witnessing to and discipling people so can you give us an illustration or several illustrations of of how that has worked itself out you know from the beginning contact and to what you see as the results and by the way how how long has this been going on so it gives us a time frame to understand what the stories you'll be telling us are yeah so we're coming up on four years full-time um, I started okay. the business about three years before that in college to help pay for textbooks and then okay. jumped in full-time um, so yeah I, th- I think a lot of the times it doesn't it's not a very obvious like you know someone comes to me and they are you know desperate and they're saying you have something that I don't have show me what okay. you have okay those are those are honestly the exceptions and it's beautiful when that happens but I'm not holding my breath for it it's the little things uh, it's you know we work a lot with other marketing people um, some of them believers and it's great to have those encouraging conversations some of them not believers and over the course right. of you know, three or four years. Um, there's there are a couple of people in particular who we work with on a weekly basis because we refer out a lot of work, and that starts to open up conversations, right? You know, it, it's the conversations are about work for the first six or twelve months, and then you know, you learn about their family and start talking about you know their goals in life, and you can just ask questions. You know, uh, hey, so you know, I, you said you want to you know retire by thirty five, let's say. Why? It's such a mundane business question. Then they they start talking about their goals, their purpose beyond just their business. You know, I want to spend more time with family or I want to travel the world or I want to want to do this, that. And you just keep asking why. Yeah. Why? Why why is that important to you? (laughs) That's a great that's a great word and a great question. Yeah. Yeah. And it it gets down to I mean, what I guess Aristotle, I think Aristotle called the good. uh, Might have been Socrates. Uh, which is the highest purpose. You know, for us as believers, it's, it's such a clear highest purpose, um, eternal life, right? Which in John 17, this is eternal life, that they may know you, the only true God, and Jesus Christ whom you have sent. That's our, that's our highest value. That's, that one's easy. Okay. Um, but an, someone who isn't saved doesn't have that as their highest value. They have something else. So you just start talking and get to what do they actually value the highest, then you can start asking questions about, hey, is that actually going to last? Is that right. truly going to fulfill your need for meaning, your need for, you know, salvation ultimately? Okay, Caleb, it, you've been in business four years now, yes. roughly. Okay, so ha- have you have you had any of those conversations and examples of those conversations without naming names that you can share with us that 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 give us an idea of, of what's happened in that, in that four years or maybe less? Yeah. Uh, there's one ongoing that is a, uh, um, he, I mean, he's become a really good friend of mine uh, and not a believer, but, you know, slowly but surely I feel like we're chipping away at 
the resistance. Um, okay. At first it was, you know, I, no, I'm, I'm not religious. None of that's real. Okay. And All then right. it's like, okay, well, you know, share, Caleb, share your thoughts with me. Great. What an open invitation. Clearly right. share the gospel. If it doesn't, you know, doesn't sprout right then, that's not my job. Um, just continuing to be a consistent witness. So, I mean, there are, there are a number of people where it's a slow conversation. Uh, when the opportunity comes up, I want to be as clear as possible about, you know, this is, this is what I believe. This is why I believe what I believe. Uh, and I'm grateful I'm equipped to say that. But, uh, there, I mean, there are, it, it's tough sometimes yeah. because you don't see results. Like the, I can't say, you know, I've led this person and that person to Christ, uh, you know, and they, they're converted and I was the one who led them there. Well, okay. If you, if you don't see that, if you haven't seen that as a conclusion and you've been in business four years and this has been your passion for four years, mm -hmm then how do you justify that in your own mind and heart? You, you haven't seen the results um, that you want to see. Sure. You, you know, and, and you've been working on it for four years. So, so how do you, for yourself, how do you internalize the justification for that being the goal and you haven't seen the goal? So why do you keep that as your goal? The, the goal of discipling the nations is a millennia-long goal. Wait so, a minute. And millennia means? Thousands of years. And how long are you going to live? A very short part of that. <laughs> I mean, we're, we're 2,000 years or so into Christ's command to fulfill the Great Commission. And we're, right. I think we're getting there, but we're not there. Uh, we probably have a lot of work ahead of us. Um, okay. So if you, I mean, if you take that perspective of, um, you know, to the Lord, a, a day is like a thousand years, and I'm, I'm going to mess up the numbers, but if you try to get a perspective that aligns with the Lord's as close as you can get, you realize that, okay, I realize that my life is going to have the impact it has. I'm going to work as hard as I can towards that, but the results aren't for me to decide. Uh, so it takes all the pressure off of me. So yeah, I've been doing this four years. I'll do it another 55. Uh, Hopefully longer. Let's, let's hope. Um, but if the, if the Lord doesn't turn that into, you know, thousands and thousands of conversions, okay, I'm not Billy Graham, but that's not the work the Lord gave me. It, yeah, the the command is, the command is so clear. Make disciples of all the nations. I'm not going to try to just say, oh, well, I don't see results in a couple of years. I'm going to quit. That's that's so counter to the whole thing. <laughs> right. Okay. All right. So that's how I justify it. Okay. I'm going to take this opportunity right now, Caleb, to just do a station break and remind the people who are listening or watching that you're watching The Kingdom and Its Stories and in this program, we try to interview people who have, who are following Jesus and who have taken seriously uh, the idea of allowing the Holy Spirit to work through their lives in whatever it is that they do. 
to be Jesus' hands and feet. In other words, to allow people who see them and observe them in their daily lives to be able to see Jesus and to be attracted to him because they see him in them. And um, and we don't interview people to lift them up and to say, oh, isn't that a great example? But to inspire those who listen to carefully examine or to re-examine their lives and ask themselves in the presence of God's Spirit, Father, how can I be more effective in what I already do to be your hands and feet so that those who observe me in my life can see Jesus and be attracted to him. That's what the program is about. And uh, today, in this um, edition of the Kingdom of Stories, we're interviewing a young man who's 24 years old, who graduated from college early, and who started two businesses even while he was in college. And his, his objective is, of course, to be profitable. But beyond that, to fulfill a great commission. And uh, and his name is Caleb Marsh. Caleb, we're delighted to have you with us today. It's, it's great to be here. Yeah. So um, I'd, I'd like you to, to, uh, to think about how you would challenge those who are listening. Most of them are not young like you. Most of them are going to be middle age and pretty settled in what they do um, we want them to um, examine even though they're not young and just starting out in their careers and their lives we want them to examine um, what they could be thinking so how would you speak to them what would you say to them to encourage them to be to to reconsider to consider anew how they could be Jesus' hands and feet. It's a great question. I think there's so much opportunity in business right now to uh, to to spread the gospel, for lack of a more complicated term. Um, so, what, what the, do you mean by that? Spread the gospel. Uh, the the church, especially in the West, has taken a beating in the last, call it a hundred years, uh, and the conversations are sometimes easier to have outside of the context of religion, per se. Okay. Um, outside of the context of the church, definitely. Um, call it bad PR. That's what the church is going through right now, and we need to fix that. But in the meantime we can still have conversations about why we believe what we believe, why we live differently. So I guess my challenge would be, uh, one, examine, am I, am I truly living differently than the world? Am I in the world, but not of it? Uh, are there things that I'm doing in my life that say to people that I'm like, hey, this person is not, part of the world this person's got something different going on that's step one and that's something that 
um, myself, my partners, we challenge each other to do daily. Okay, let, let me just interrupt that and ask, ask a clarifying question. It seems like you're starting off with not words, not proclamation, <laughs> but with a lifestyle. It's different. Is that correct? Did I get that mm-hmm. right? Yes, and. It's it's both. Um, okay. The, the lifestyle is different. The words are different. Uh, and I would challenge everyone to have less fear. Whatever fear is there, get rid of it, of being open about what you believe and why you believe. It's, it's that simple. Be prepared okay. in season and out of season to give a reason for the hope that's within you. And then do it. Okay. And then do it. And then do you talk to? Absolutely. Okay. All right. Whenever the opportunity arises. Okay. Do you force it? No, unless the spirit says that they need to be uh, rudely awakened. All right. Sometimes. (laughs) Caleb Marsh, you're an inspiration to me as a young guy. And I'm going to ask my grandkids, um, some of whom are your age, to... uh, uh, to listen to this broadcast because I think it's really, really important. Thank you. Thank you, Caleb, for being with us today. And may God bless you uh, in your personal life uh, and your business life to continue being Jesus' hands and feet and to continue inspiring people like me to be better at asking Jesus, Jesus, how can I be your hands and feet? God bless you. Jesus defines discipleship as come and follow me. Next Monday at 5.30 p.m. on Faith Talk 1360, we'll hear another testimonial from a leader demonstrating how they and the people of the church are sacrificially loving the needy and beginning to see real change in their communities. If you have a personal example of how you are being the hands and feet of Jesus with your neighbors, we'd love to hear from you. Enter your story at harvestfoundation.org. That's harvestfoundation.org on the Contact Us tab. You can also subscribe to the podcast on The Kingdom and Its Stories on Apple Podcasts and Spotify. Three-star general Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here. Here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never before seen personal records to the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. Salemnow.com.